Brandon Steiner, and this is Unplugged with Brandon Steiner. Welcome back and another great episode of Unplugged, and I have got somebody who really, I mean, I don't know if he knows any other way than to do it Unplugged, uh, but a great motivational speaker, somebody who's published uh, some, some great insights, some great books. And we're going to share some motivation and inspiration. We actually have something in common as far as a friend, Connor Blakely, you've heard on this pod maybe a few weeks ago, a really young talent. And I just love, I get the feeling that this next guest, Cameron Harold, has probably mentored and tutored and touched a lot of different people. And uh, in the next few minutes, we're going to go over some of the tips of how someone can get from point A to B. How do you become more successful and how do you become a top uh, person in your field. Uh, Cameron, welcome, and how are you today? Good, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Doing really well. Pleasure to have you, and I guess I ask you the first obvious thing, which is why motivation, inspiration? How did you get into this? Um, I guess years ago, I was really groomed as an entrepreneur, and um, you know, along that path, I was able to build a few companies, got known for building a few really good brands, and then started being asked to speak about how we built the companies. You know, one that I'm very well known for building is a company called 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And I took them from 14 employees to when I left six and a half years later, we had 3,100 employees system-wide. Um, so when, when you build brands like that, and that was the third or fourth that I'd done, just got asked to speak to lots of entrepreneurs. I've now done paid speaking events in 26 countries on five continents. Wow. When you mentioned the word entrepreneur and you were born entrepreneur, define that for me. Where do you, how do you define whether, you, whether someone is an entrepreneur or not? And are you a born entrepreneur or you could be taught to be one? I think you have to be born with a lot of the entrepreneurial traits and then you can be groomed to become more entrepreneurial as well. I actually did a TED Talk that's on the main TED website about seven years ago as raising kids as entrepreneurs. Um, so I was really, I had a lot of the entrepreneurial traits. I was bipolar, I've got ADD, I'm on the spectrum for Tourette's. So I've got kind of, according to the medical community, I'd be a bit of a disaster, but those are very entrepreneurial traits. And then my father and both my grandfathers were entrepreneurs, and, and my dad groomed my brother and sister and I to all own our own companies, which we do today. And I even married into a family of entrepreneurs. My wife is, her brother is, and her mom and dad are both entrepreneurs. So it's kind of in my whole world. You talk about the double-double. Take me through that, you know, the step-by-step -step there as far as like, you know, especially we have people out there that are entrepreneurs, obviously, or some younger people that are aspiring, you know, to, to build something. Is the Double Double a little bit of a roadmap to that? Yeah, Double Double is my first book, and um, it really illustrates the core concepts on how to actually grow a company and how to double your revenue and double your profit in three years or less. The core systems that really anyone can use in their life or in their business that I cover in that book, the first is called The Vivid Vision. And it's really when you draft a four-page written document describing your company or your life three years in the future. And you describe it in vivid detail such that, you know, almost as if you were standing in the future describing what you see. And you're not describing how you built it, you're just describing the finished state. So very similar to how an athlete uses visualization, I teach the companies that I coach and, and I do it myself. I have a personal vivid vision and a business vivid vision and I reread them every single day. Really? And that forces focus on the future while I'm executing on today. So that's the first concept that everyone can do is to write a four-page written document describing every – and if it's your business, you're going to write three or four bullet points about marketing, three or four about customer service, three or four about IT and engineering. 
really every area of your org chart as if you're standing in the future. And then you're going to talk about what the media is writing about you and what your employees are saying about you, what your customers are saying about you. When you describe it as if you're standing in the future and you write it up like this four-page document, it becomes so real. And then you share that with everyone. So you share your personal vivid vision with your friends. You share your business one with all your employees, customers, suppliers, and they all kind of conspire to help you make it come true. Now, is this something that I see, you know, you do a lot of uh, workshops and training seminars is the kind of thing because I'm, I'm listening and for some people it may be intimidating to put all that together is that something maybe you go to a seminar like some of the things that you put together and you help them put yeah my, my seminars that I run are largely private where companies or organizations or conferences book me to come and speak so you really have to be a part of that group or book me to come and speak at your companies but I don't I don't hold events and invite the um, you know the public audience to pay to attend but yeah, that is something. But it's also outlined very clearly in two of my books. Chapter one of Double Double, and then also, I don't remember the chapter, but it's covered in very good detail in my third book, The Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs. Both of those really cover in good detail the concept of the vivid vision and how to bring it into your personal life or your business. I can't believe how many people have come to me and said, have you read The Miracle Morning? Has that been uh, your most popular book out of all of them? Or... And what makes that book so special? What's the big takeaway on that book? I haven't read it yet, but I've ordered three copies knowing I was going to do this talk. But I've had at least six people in the last like month or so. Have you read that book? It was a game changer for me. Yeah, The Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs is the one that I co-authored with Hal Elrod. And Hal wrote the original Miracle Morning. So then he and I wrote one that's specific for the entrepreneurial uh, world. I love and that. It, it What's the big takeaway there on that book? Some of it is just the way you start your day, and it's having a really solid morning routine, right? Sitting up in the morning and starting with a little bit of silence, a little bit of visualization, affirmations, um, spending some time writing, um, and just kind of easing into your day with a little bit of exercise. And, and if you do that, if you start your day with those morning success habits, you're going to end up having a better day and a better week and a better month, life, etc. So it's just kind of starting your day off that way. So really one of the very first things I do every day is I write in a book called The Five-Minute Journal. And The Five-Minute Journal is where I write my affirmations. It's where I write what I'm grateful for. Um, and I put down some of my goals for the day. And just starting with that Simple. sets me out on the right track. Love that. Simple. I mean, I always talk about the first 90 seconds in your day is more important than the other 58 minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. I'll give you a huge tool that every listener can use, and it only costs $3. It's an app called Commit to Three. And you get at least one other person to join you with it, and you set up an accountability group, and you commit your daily top three goals to another person. So I have a business accountability partner, Joe Polish, and he and I set our daily top three goals together in the business. And then I have a personal accountability partner, Gordy Buffton, who's an, an Ironman triathlete, and he and I set our personal daily top three goals. And just by setting that intention of the top three things I'm going to get done business, top three things personal every single day, I, I start my day with a focus, and I don't get sucked up into the miscellaneous world of social media and email. I love that. That's that's so simple. That's smart. Well, business and life really is simple, right? We overcomplicate it. As an entrepreneur, though, don't you feel like the beginning tracks of entrepreneurship is complicated, though? And then you're working towards simplifying, or do you is it clear for you? And when you're building those those companies when you're younger. Yeah, business is really simple. It's the same thing. Start with a vision, right? If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. So you really have to have a clear vision of what your company looks like in three years. And then it's not about being the smartest person in the room anymore. I think the school system screwed us up teaching us that we had to be smart. 
Now it's about knowing the right people and connecting with the right people and building relationships and knowing where to access the information. And then I use a system called R&D, which is rip off and duplicate. You know, companies all over the world have already figured everything out. So just take the best systems that they're using, put those in place, and that helps accelerate everything. You know, if you just kind of focus on those basics, make sure that your company has the right um, gross margins in place, that you make money, that your customers are really happy, that you over-deliver. Just the, the real pure basics. Business doesn't have to be complicated. That is so on the money. That's so true, especially not being one of the smarter kids in my class. You don't really have to be. But they pump up the grades in the school so much that I think it confuses people that because they've done well in some classes that they're on a track to extraordinary success and it's really just not true you know no one's ever asked me no one's ever asked me for my university transcript to see what my grades look like now exactly but you got through it i got through it but it was also about i was president of a fraternity i ran a business for three years while i was there i was on the university ski team i was on student government i was a part of the, the group and i was a part of meeting people and and working with other people i wasn't just sitting in a classroom trying to get a straight a yeah, it's very true. I got to ask you, how did you get to Meeting Suck? Because we give it out that book. I've probably given out about 10 copies of that book because I, I just thought, you know, we get so caught up in meetings and I wanted to kind of put a stop to it around here unless there was something important. Where What brought you to that book? Um, it really got my attention as far as everybody wants to meet, but then somehow it doesn't seem to be that effective and we seem to waste a lot of time in meetings. What brought you to write that book? Yeah, I was sitting with a client about a year and a half ago, and he said, you know, meetings suck. And I'm like, no, meetings are actually awesome. He goes, no, nope, all, my, all my employees say they suck too. I'm like, okay, well, let me give you an example. <clears throat> have any of your employees ever had any training on how to run great meetings? He's like, no. I said, have you ever been trained on how to run great meetings? He goes, no. I said, okay, if you sent your six-year-old kid off to Little League Baseball, and you never taught him how to hold the ball or catch a ball or throw a ball or, or hold the bat, if you didn't teach him the basics, He'd come home from Little League and he goes, Dad, baseball sucks. Well, of course baseball sucks when you don't know how to do it. And meetings are the same way. So I finally decided I was going to change it forever for all companies. And, and actually what's happening now is people are buying it for every employee in their entire company. Um, but meetings suck. 30% of it is written on how to run meetings. 30% is written on how to attend and participate in meetings. And then the last third of the book is written on what meetings you need to have to build a highly scalable fast-growing, amazing company. Do you feel like you got that maybe from being the president of fraternity? Because that's so important. You got all these rowdy guys and everybody's all over the place. But a good president can make a huge difference in a fraternity. Did you get the core value of that there? Yeah, I got some of it there, but I got a lot of it from a company called College Pro Painters. <clears throat> college Pro is the world's largest residential house painting company. And I worked with them um, during college and for four years after college. And, and they just were a very, very tightly run machine. Every year they had to hire 800 franchisees and train 8,000 painters. And they just became very, very operationally world-class. So were you painting or were you working on the business part of it, franchising people? Yeah, I never painted. I actually had a franchise. When I was 20 years old, I had 12 full-time employees and I was painting houses. We had, um, but I, I really never painted. I, I would, ran all these sales and marketing and operations and accounting. You seem like somebody who's, at, who, who's not afraid to go out of the box. Like, what, what is the kind of the weirdest or stupidest or craziest thing you've ever done? Craziest or stupidest thing I've ever done in business or just in life? In general. I mean, something that it was crazy, stupid then, but it ended up paying dividends later on. 
I think one of them was joining a couple of groups that I decided to join. You know, I joined three groups in one year, the Genius Network, Mastermind Talks, and Strategic Coach, and invested about $60,000 to join those three groups. And at the time, I was like, that's a lot of money that I'm throwing out there. But the amount of people that I met and built relationships with really quickly easily translated into over a million dollars in revenue. So for me, I'm starting to realize that I make more money off investing in relationships and going to conferences and participating with people than I ever would by putting that same amount of money into the stock market. You know, if I put 100 grand into events, I'll get a 10x return. If I put 100,000 into the stock market, I might get a 10% return. That's a fair point. Do you feel that if you're listening out there, and you know, I have a lot of people that always will come to me with an entrepreneurial idea. What's the? Give me a couple of just important things. When you let's say you have a solid idea, solid thing that you've already vetted out, and it seems like there's a need for it. But what are a couple of really important things for somebody to think about before they put that into play? Well, it's really three things: focus, faith, and effort. So the first one is you have to stay maniacally focused on that idea, on that vivid vision of what you're doing and really get all the extraneous stuff off your plate so that you're totally immersed and focused on that idea. The business learning you're doing has to be around what you're working on. The, the, the marketing that you're looking at has to be tied to your idea. Everything has to be focused. The next one is faith. You just have to have complete faith in your idea. If it feels right, it will be. Um, there's a million companies out there that stopped because the entrepreneur gave up. You know, I told the founder of Uber eight years ago that it was a stupid idea. I sat with him before he'd even launched the company, and he was pitching me on it. And I'm like, that's a, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But he had complete, unabridged faith and knew that it would work. And we just didn't understand it back then. We didn't understand what apps were. We didn't understand how he would pull it off, where they'd finance it. But he knew he could just feel it. So when, when the whole world is telling you no, you have to know that you can still do it and never give up. And then the third one is effort. You know, this is not a nine-to-five job. Running a company is not about what you think it is. It's not about sitting on the beach with your laptop. That's kind of what people are showing on Instagram and Facebook. But the reality is 99.9% .9 of successful entrepreneurs are really working super, super hard. And then they take breaks to recharge their battery. But they're not sitting on the beach all day long. Wow, that's so. That's, that's right on point. Thank you, Cameron. So back, just back to you for a second. If people want to get in touch with you, best way to follow you is? Yeah, my main website is CameronHerald.com, and they can actually, if they want to watch my speaking events, they're all there. They can download them and watch them online. I highly recommend that, by the way. I mean, I highly recommend the Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs, but then if you're in a company that's stuck with a lot of meetings, you got to pick up, you know, the meet, the meet meeting suck or the double-double. I mean, it's just those are three. You've written three great books. I mean, that's that's not normal. Do you feel like you've got the magic touch on these books, or is there, is there even another one coming after this? There is. There's actually two more that I'm um, almost completed. But I'm not a, I'm not a writer. I don't, I don't love to write. I love the process of of getting the ideas out of my head and into a book. But I'm doing it because there's so much demand for finally having the real easy to implement systems. You know, there's been lots of talk around meetings, but no one taught us how to do it. So I just had to finally put it down. And these, and all of my systems are so easy that you know, a, a grade 12 student can put them in place. You don't need an MBA to run a company. I love it. Thank you so much for your time today. Love the insight. I, mean, I don't know what to tweet and blog first, but um, thank you. I, I, definitely some 
Good insight. I mean, just I love the simplicity of it, which is kind of what I thrive on because sometimes people overcomplicate things, and you certainly haven't. So thanks for your time, and uh, good luck with everything. And I'll be watching you online. Uh, if not, you're, if I don't get an opportunity to see you live in person, I'm just going to have to watch you online and watch your speeches there. Uh, we'll connect next time I'm in New York, too. Thanks, Brandon. I yep. appreciate it. Got to hit a Yankee game for sure. <laughs> love to. Thanks, buddy.